AT&T ThreatTrack is a roundtable discussion of the latest network security trends and news conducted by AT&T data security analysts. Complete video of this show is available at techchannel.att.com. Hey, Jim. Uh, I think you have a very interesting story for us today about uh, slow Loris, but uh, a little bit different. Yeah, this one, uh, I, I first saw hints that it was coming, oh, almost two weeks ago. I guess it was a presentation that was done at DEF CON. I wasn't there to hear it, but I've been reading up on it. A couple of researchers back in May when the Eternal Blue first came out were um, doing some research, and they discovered another bug with SMB. So this was a story about a vulnerability that they're calling SMB Loris, and it is a denial of service vulnerability in SMB, which is server message block, which the short version of is call it Windows File Share. This one is actually kind of nasty. What happens is if you send a particular uh, start of an SMB communication, it will, the receiving system will allocate 128K of memory that cannot be swapped and it will not release it for 30 seconds. So what these guys figured out is if you send a whole bunch of these, you know, you can tie up all the memory in the system and basically bring it to its knees. A single server using all 65,000 source ports on IPv4 and all 65,000 source ports on IPv6 could tie up 16 gig worth of memory on the, the target machine. It actually works just as well on Windows 2000 as on Windows 10. And unfortunately, last I heard, and I haven't checked in the last day or two, Microsoft was saying they weren't going to uh, fix it which is somewhat worrisome. That's surprising. Holy cow. Well, this is pretty interesting stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the real uptake of it is that this is an attack that doesn't take huge amounts of traffic to actually do. I mean, like you said, it's one packet is 128K of memory. You could probably take down a server with, you know, less than 60,000 packets, it sounds like it takes to Roughly 65,535, am I getting those, yeah, those powers of two, close. right? Yeah, those yeah. But I mean, that's, that's really not that many packets, no. especially over time. So that's really something. This is something you could probably take down a server with the laptop that you're using today. A typical DDoS attack may take a lot of bandwidth. This takes a very small amount of bandwidth. I mean, if someone really wanted to, they could probably write this for a phone. So this is a sort of attack that doesn't take much of an investment to get a huge payoff. It is, it is nasty. This affects going back to Windows 2000, so we're talking at least 20 years. One of the first takeaways is absolutely port 139 and port 445 should not be exposed to the internet. Period. <laughs> We've been saying that for forever anyway. If you weren't convinced by WannaCry, then this might be the one that does it for you? Yeah, I know. But, you know, the other, the other thing is that, you know, this, this could be used inside the, the firewall yeah, too. That's true. Uh, by disgruntled employee or by some drive-by to execute some code on 
you know, via web attack that gets that is able to get somebody to launch this against an internal SMB server. Uh, so even if you've got you know your file servers inside, you should be looking at rate limiting packets to uh, port 139 and 445 from any single given host. That would reduce some of your exposure. But uh, wow. yeah, I, this one's kind of nasty and. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot other than common sense that you can use to protect yourself. Well, gee, thanks for letting us know about that one. That's, uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one that probably is just a, a spin on something we've known about before, but another reason to get 445 and 139 off, your, off the Internet, right? Yeah. I would say if you got 445 or 139 open right now on the Internet, uh, shut it down, you know, take it offline. And most of it is not that you know, you have some kind of like a password on it or not, that's not the problem. The problem is just by having that port open and unpatched, and some of these things you can't really patch, anybody can come through and compromise your whole entire system. That whole server could be under somebody else's control. And once they have that, they can spread through the network. So the best defense, block those uh, service ports uh, at your firewall so nobody can get in. Should really start thinking about how not to use that protocol at all. So Stan, I know you and I both had a pretty cool time at DEF CON, uh, and there was one particular talk that you wanted to talk about that you thought was particularly interesting? Yeah, uh, it was a talk uh, by a security researcher who's part of uh, the HoneyNet project. I was really excited to go to DEF CON this year, and uh, I tried to really participate in a lot of competitions and challenges that they had. That's how I find I learned the best. Uh, but one of the things I was able to do at the very end of DEF CON, when all the competitions were over, is I was able to catch this talk about a security researcher who put out a honeypot on port 445. And you know, as far as security researchers go, and you guys know from your own personal experience, you always like to do things at home and do things on your own. So this security researcher, you know, fortunately for me, his talk was at the very end, the very last talk of DEF CON. So I was able to get into the room and, and look at it. And it was really interesting to me because it was about um, WannaCry mm -hmm. and the vulnerabilities on port uh, 445 uh, TCP. So what this guy did is he set up a honeypot uh, and he installed like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, Windows and SMB and uh, wanted to watch it for a few days. I think 15 or so was the number of days he, he left it running. Mm -hmm. Just to understand what's happening, you know, who is doing what kind of exploits. And I think around that time, I think maybe a lot of people were observing the WannaCry virus uh, kind of going wild and uh, exploiting a lot of machines. So he wanted to see, you know, what is out there, how many machines, you know, are doing this. So he set this up at home completely on his own. But what I found interesting is that while most people are kind of were worried about WannaCry and, and seeing that as the, the malware that's being distributed, he was able to observe that there is other threat actors out there that are distributing other versions of malware mm -hmm. that are not WannaCry. And this is something we've suspected as well. You know, we look at the charts every week for port 445 and we see the climb and the scanning activity yep. from the scan sips. And we kind of sit and we wonder, hey, what could it be? So I found this talk interesting because uh, the researcher went into, that, into detail on that. 
they were looking you know, for inbound scans on port 445. They were expecting to see WannaCry and the Eternal Blue exploit with double Pulsar backdoor, which is just how you'd expect WannaCry to come in. But it turns out he found more than that. He found different malware using the same vulnerabilities. So one of the types of malware that he discovered was uh, Bitcoin mining malware. Mm. And another one was a DDoS, uh, some kind of DDoS agent, uh, basically. And he found, I think, another like a downloader type of malware that could, you know, install any anything else. So it's just a generic kind of downloader. Right. So these are all things that kind of have gone under the radar that are not, you know, written about or, or you know, nobody's been reporting on it. Everybody's kind of been super focused on WannaCry. So I found that interesting because usually those are the things that kind of, the stuff that goes under the radar, the right. stuff that nobody pays attention to, that's actually the stuff that's the most important to pay attention to. In the media or like kind of like when we read about these news articles, we only hear, oh, WannaCry. And we usually do see that, you know, there's, you know, there's one that has really good coverage and everything else kind of flies under the radar. And what we like to pay attention to is everything, you know, the stuff that's well known and the stuff that flies under the radar. And your response is probably tailored to WannaCry at this exactly. point. Exactly. So the things you do when you say, oh, well, we, you know, RIDS detected double Pulsar and Eternal Blue, well, follow the WannaCry cleanup methodology. Well, it may not be appropriate at all. You may yes. delete these certain files or make these certain changes in defense of it. And you're not you're actually not right. dealing with the real problem. Exactly. Hopefully, your WannaCry response procedure is to issue, you know, do the patch, yep. re-image your box, and then do the patch. Well, yeah. <laughs> That'll clean up most everything, but yeah, yeah, that'll get rid of all the files. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one other thing that he did, which I found interesting, is uh, there's Samba Cry, which was um, mm -hmm. a vulnerability impacting, I guess, Samba. So he also set up a honeypot for that, and he was also finding uh, variants of malware for Linux. So just you know, seeing him do all of that was really interesting. Seeing him uncover these kind of hidden gems of malware was interesting. Uh, but the thing I found most interesting, unfortunately he didn't post this online yet, is at the end of the presentation, he showed exactly what his honeypot looked like. So he had three Raspberry Pis nice. in his dorm room or something like that. And they were just like in the dark and he had like LEDs on them. And he's like, this is my honeypot. And I was like, one of, you know, this is DEF CON. So you have to be like the most creative hacker that you can be. And he definitely fit the mold for that. Well, and you know, we see port 445 on the internet weather all the time. Yep. And we talk about, well, latent config or, or more recently we talk about, you know, WannaCry and, and that kind of stuff. And this is, a, is a, a good point to remember that there are you know, lots of other possible exploits on that port that we need to be aware of. He did mention, actually, some uh, still finding conflict or samples <laughs> on 445. So he was really, really, it seemed amazed uh, that that was still going on, because that's like, what, 10 or more yeah. years old? Holy cow. We know what that's going to be in 10 years is we're going to see, we're still going to see WannaCry kicking around the internet yeah, right. and probably Configure as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should oh, have boy. a 20th birthday party for that thing. Oh, well, let's put it on our calendars now. Absolutely. So the internet weather, there were the same ports we typically see in the top 10. There were a few interesting um, changes. So let's take a look at this week's internet weather. 23 TCP and 22 TCP in the first two spots doesn't surprise us all that much. I mean, Telnet and SSH are typically tar scanning targets. I think this is the most probed ports, so this is the, the ports that have the most attention, regardless of the number of sources scanning. 1433 is... SQL. SQL. 
that one has been up there for quite a long time, and I don't think we've quite figured out why, what particular vulnerability people happen to be scanning for. Although it could be that they're just looking for unprotected, you know, SQL right. servers, and they're trying to log in and get data out of them. But who knows? It's probably some combination of both. Could be. 445 TCP, which we've seen with WannaCry, and we, we talked about this on the show, that there is actually more than just WannaCry exploring the uh, Eternal Blue vulnerability, and more than just the uh, Eternal Blue vulnerability being scanned for on 445. Right. But still, it's up there at number four, hasn't changed in the last week. 1900 UDP is uh, SSDP or UPnP, I think? Yes. Right. And then uh, we got... That's actually a protocol that's supposed to be on the inside of the network, not <laughs> on the outside. But it does look like a lot of people are interested in it. Absolutely, yeah. Because it could be used for reflection attacks. That is one of the main reasons that people scan for it. Most of the UDP protocols are susceptible to that sort of use of like 123 UDP, which is NTP. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Point. Port 21 TCP is... Yeah, FTP. It's moved up eight spots. It's interesting that FTP jumped up there. I mean, it's a protocol FTP's that people use. FTP's been in the top 10 before. Um, I don't know why it fell off, but I recall for a while it was actually in there for a good couple of weeks. Uh, so for the most sources probing, um, not a surprise, Telnet is still at the top. Um, I do remember that that used to take up more than 50% of the pie at the height of, uh, of Mirai, but that uh, seems to have tailed off a bit. 445 is in second place, so that's your, again, your wanna cries, et cetera, your internal blues, et cetera. 3.3 ICMP, I believe, is port not found. That's kind of interesting that it's at the third place. I think that typically means that this might be maybe backscatter from a large scan or a large right. DDoS attempt. And both of those, the port 23 and 445, are large scans happening you know, across the internet by many hosts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 53.58 is actually interesting. Uh, that's the one that gets used a lot by Hajime. It's a particular IoT uh, vulnerability. And that moved up 119 spots. Yeah, we've Holy seen cow. that before on the top 10. But we it have. seems like it's disappeared and come back. Well, you'll see just how much it's disappeared and come back. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. 53 TCP is DNS, yeah. but the TCP variant of DNS, which is kind of interesting. That allows usually for the larger TCP questions to be asked. That is, that is interesting because you can do for, you can get large responses out of that. So that's right. used typically in DDoS as well. Right. And I think that's, oh, that's used interesting. for the signing, the DNSSEC. I oh, yeah. Uses 53 oh, TCP. You know, that's, that's kind of curious because typically for a reflective DDoS, you'd want to be able to use the UDP protocol for that. So the value of it, I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering what that's about. Yeah, it's a lot of people uh, probing for that. So yeah. That's interesting. To 5358, this is an interesting graph. 5358, which was usually associated to the Hajime worm, is back on the radar. And that I was, I, that sort of had fallen off my personal radar for a while, but then to see the graph of 90 days to say, yeah, it did actually drop off the radar, and now it's back in force, basically at the same strength that it was last time. Late May, yeah, we had it. some significant scanning on that port. You could see it was it was jumping up, peaked around, I wanna say, 15,000 scan sources per hour, and then all of a sudden it just went away for several months. And now just around, I wanna say, the fifth or the sixth of this month, it is suddenly back, 50%. and it, it ramped up in under, uh, under a week, two or three days to get back to where it was. So what does that mean? Yeah, does that mean the botnet went dormant, but kept all of its members, and then all of a sudden turned itself back up? I think that sounds like what it might be to me. When the recruiting phase was happening in May, you saw like kind of the steady increase, uh, but when the activity just started appearing a few days ago, you saw this sharp rise, as if all of the computers were part of the botnet right away. 
So I, we're thinking that maybe the malware author kind of stopped looking at it and then turned turned that scanning functionality back on. You know, there was also a lot of uh, you know, people doing research on some of these IoT devices, and maybe somebody else woke up and said, "Hey, I want to have a botnet and started <laughs> one up." But it seems like uh, it's probably most likely it was dormant mm -hmm. because I just see that peak and just kind of yeah, that's a significant. Up increase. Uh, whereas before you see where during I guess the recruitment phase here mm. it was not that much and it slowly went up but there it must be the dormant theory it's probably yeah. more likely. Although I am curious um, if it's just not in our visibility but what might explain this is if that botnet got retasked to a different port or protocol in the meantime. Yeah. I don't think we have any data that shows that there was an increase in some other port or to that scale uh, but it would certainly explain the gap Definitely. I wonder if we try to take some of these ports that we usually see and kind of map them out. And we might see that during this gap there was something else that kind of upticked, mm -hmm. uh, but we'll see. Yeah, good question. And 445 TCP on the topic of this port this week, it's slowly increasing. It's a little hard to tell from a 30-day window. I probably should have pulled a 60 or a 90. But it is, the peaks at least you can tell are slowly ramping up over time. The noise floor, the, or the baseline of it actually seems to waver a little bit there. But you can see that this is still a port of interest for a lot of folks for the different vulnerabilities that are on it. So I don't know if that's going to go away anytime soon. You can see it's a, it's a sort of a daily cycle. And you had a theory about that, I think. Yeah, I think my theory usually when I see the daily cycle like that is, you know, there's people turning on their machines. There's probably desktops or laptops. And they might actually, those desktops or laptops might be infected mm -hmm. with WannaCry and are scanning. But then when those people go home or, you know, they turn those assets off and then you see kind of this reversion back to the norm. Mm -hmm. But that baseline there at the bottom, that's probably computers that never get turned off. Like machines that kind of stay off. Servers. Yeah, things like that. You know, in this case, there's probably some number of these machines that kind of come and go with people. Um, people come online, they turn the computer on, they, the infection starts, the scanning starts. Hmm. That's just my theory. I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that too. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it trying to find where the weekends might be to see if that, because you know, maybe you'll have business machines that stay on during the week but go off on the weekend, but I'm not seeing it myself. So. You could see that there's like at least two of the peaks that are usually lower, and that's usually, actually people seem to relax more on Sunday than Saturday. It's not scientific, but usually the Sunday is just like a smaller peak, um, and that's probably, you know, if we look at it, this is probably Friday. Monday is, you know, sometimes a slow day for people. They're just getting oh, in. Oh, looking at the peaks rather than the troughs. I was looking at the troughs, but I see what you mean. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's how I do it. And that's good, you know, enjoy your Sunday. Don't be on the computer all day long. <laughs> Even malware authors have to take the day off, I hope. Port 445, I guess, ties it all together. It's just a lot of interest in this port, a lot of people looking at it, um, and a lot of people should make sure that they block their firewall from allowing this in. Port 445 seems to be the, the running theme for this week. I mean, it was being talked about at DEF CON, it's showing up on our radar. It still boggles my mind that this is a port that people somehow are exposing to the internet. It's a problem. I mean, there are a number of vulnerabilities for Windows and for Linux, but I think if you had any reservations as, as to why you might want to keep this thing connected to the internet, this particular port, I think this week's stories really prove out that the risks really outweigh the benefits. views expressed on AT&T Threat Track are those of the participants and
do not necessarily represent the views of AT&T or any other person or entity.